This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. Middle school basketball coaching legend and Duke basketball shooting coach in his mind, Austin Orman. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Strick and Austin. We're off and rolling here, hour two of On the Block. I'm Austin Norman. He's Rico. With I you just here. Got really cold. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I just got super cold. Kenny, every day Kenny walked in here, which seems like he's doing great stuff up at Dakota Valley already. Appreciate. I miss Kenny. him already. I know, Kenny. Thanks I hope socks, Kenny. Kenny, I hope you're listening. I miss you. Every day Kenny walked in here, he would say something about how cold it was. Well, he was also wearing shorts. Yeah. And a T-shirt every time. And he's asking me about it. Like Kenny, I don't control that. Like Regardless. I'm just sitting here. Also, it needs to be cold in here for the computer's sake. Right. Also, when it's hot in here. It's not great. It's a bunch of just a bunch of people in a soundproof room. So obviously everything <laughs> stays in here mm-hmm. with the heat on and everybody sweating. You could just imagine. It's not great. So it's nicer no. to be. It's it's better to be cold in this room than it is to be hot. Take a walk out the door during segments. Exactly. Come back in. Plus, it's, it's going to be at the new place. It might get pretty toasty depending on which where the sun is. I'm trying to think if we're going to get uh, a lot of. The there's window a will building be on the south side. The window will be on the south. Yeah, we'll be okay. Well, south and east, I suppose. But by the time, at least I'm on the air, it'll be out of the east with buildings in the way. Yeah, I don't. Either way, I don't think the sun's going to be that much of an issue because of the buildings. Shouldn't be. It'll be nice. And, it'll be nice and warm though. Get I, some natural sunlight. Oh, it's gonna be great. I ran this idea by DP. I, I'm, we're going to thank Mary Ellen's first. Uh, if you want something warm, <laughs> Mary Ellen's food for the soul. Charles and his crew, hot plates, uh, back open on Wednesday. So check them out after that. Going to be a beautiful weekend. To go sit out on the patio, get yourself a plate of Mary Ellen's food for the soul. My idea for the new building. You go back out there and get some ribs. You do. So good. <laughs> My idea for the new building is paint the sidewalk uh-huh. and like lead people in the front door, in the side door. Like, can I don't know, we do that? I don't know why we wouldn't be able to. Well, the city. Well, screw the city. They want us. <laughs> we don't need the city. The city needs us. I feel like we kind of need the city. <laughs> I mean, I, I love Lincoln. I'm from here, born and raised here, but nah. <laughs> city. I'm needs just saying, us. as long as we can get. Not even approval, just a, just a we don't care. If we can get one of those, <laughs> yeah, then yeah, sure, let's paint it. Some arrows, lead, yeah, leading into the building, so people just, you know, people are on their phones, they're just following the sidewalk. So if you make it so the sidewalk turns and goes in the building, maybe it'll happen. This way to sports, Lincoln's exactly. best sports talk in here. Just Hot like, meal down the other door. Interesting. Oh, see, yeah. hot meal and coffee. Yeah, is uh, is this one of those ask for? permission instead of forgiveness or just do it and then ask for forgiveness things i feel like this is a permission because the forgiveness might also come with a fine i suppose and i know we're not paying that but the pearsons <laughs> are <laughs> well if the pearsons are paying for it no, it might, kinda, be, it yeah, might be reflected kinda, yeah. since it was my idea yeah we're kind of paying for it so yeah. you anyways, might be paying for it <laughs> i might be anyways uh we're excited to get into the new building in hopefully just a couple months yes that's the goal august baby Yes. Mid to the late August. Countdown is on. We'll be there before the first home game. That is that is what that is almost a for sure thing. Yes. Before the first home game. 
at the bitter end of August is when yep. that is. So we better be in there by then. Um, the Miami Heat, I was going to say they're happy to be in a new building as well, but they steal game two in Denver. Final score, 111 to 108. They really controlled that game um, in the fourth quarter. I mean, Duncan Robinson has 10 of Miami's 36 fourth quarter points. Jeez. Denver made a run late to, to make it interesting, uh, but ultimately the Heat prevail. But my big takeaway from this, Rico, is Nikola Jokic scores mm-hmm. 40 for the third time this postseason. Mm-hmm. And for the third time this postseason, the Nuggets lose when Nikola Jokic puts up 40 points. And that look is the same one I had when I read that stat. There have been four other players to have that happen in a single postseason. You've heard their names. Jerry West did it in 64-65. Kareem in 76-77. LeBron, his 2009 playoff run Mm -hmm. with Cleveland. And Luka Doncic, just uh, last last year. Last year, yeah. Yeah. 21-22 season. Shout out to Jalen Brunson. So now, (laughs) yes. So now it's Nikola Jokic's turn to score 40 three times and lose three times in a postseason. Is that the Heat strategy now? Make let Jokic, Jokic score. score and not let him use his passing ability. Yes, that I mean, it, it, if it's if it's happened three, four times, then I I would go to that well more times than not. Just because when you take away his passing or at least limit his passing, that allows or that doesn't allow uh, for the other Nuggets players to get into a rhythm, and you see that with their percentages with the amount of shots that they that they take and the least the the mm-hmm. less amount that they make they're they're taking more shots off of passes uh, from somebody not named Nikola Jokic and for whatever reason the passes maybe they're not as crisp maybe they're not in the the area that they want to catch it in because that person isn't normally passing to them the shots aren't falling so if you can force Jokic to have to press and become more of a scorer and distribute the ball less to the Aaron Gordons, to the to the Jamal Murrays, to the uh, Michael Porter Juniors, and you have to force them to make these shots off of the dribble or create for themselves, outside of Jamal Murray, who was very talented at that but wasn't able to do it in this last game, um, that's going to take away from Denver's ability to, to get rolling early because Jokic, the thing with him is, he can almost score whenever he wants to. Mm-hmm. He can hit Even that. Even on that, Yeah, he can make that weird, awkward jumper, hit a hook shot, get into the paint, uh, use his big body to get you out of the way and get a layup. Again, he's not going to really dunk it all that much, but he can dunk it when he needs to. Um, hit a three-pointer from you know behind his head. He can pretty much score whenever he wants to, but getting everybody else involved is really what he's best at, and getting everybody else going before he starts going. As you noticed in game mm-hmm. one, he didn't have a shot attempt until the very end of the first quarter. Yep, and he was, and he's totally fine with that. He doesn't need to take those shots. So, um, forcing him to do something like that and and score forty plus points um, might. It sounds weird to have a two time MVP score. But that might be the Heat strategy, just because, as you've said, as you just said, they don't win in those games because it looks like nobody else has a very good or a very consistent shooting night when Nikola Jokic is taking most of the shots. In an 11-point Denver win, Nikola Jokic had a triple double: twenty-seven points, ten rebounds, fourteen assists. That's a monster game, anyway. I mean, the quietest twenty-seven points on eight of twelve shooting, twenty of twelve at the free throw line. In a 111-108 Heat win, 41 points, 11 boards for Nikola Jokic, only four assists. Now, Jamal Murray has had back-to-back games with 10 assists, mm-hmm. which is good for Denver. It means the ball's still moving, but the assists from Nikola Jokic and the assists from Jamal Murray are different. Do you, I and Now, I didn't get to watch the game, but I have a feeling most of Jamal Murray's assists 
are going to Jokic. That I I don't know if there's any way to look. Yeah, you. I don't know if there's Anecdotally, any way to look that up. But that yeah. would seem since he's taking the most shots and scored the most amount of points. That would that would seem like most of Jamal Murray's shots are going there, and another, and you know, in that first game with him with ten mm-hmm. assists, um, as you said, back to back games with ten assists, having Nikola Jokic kind of be, and not in terms of scoring, but just in getting the ball, kind of a decoy in terms of pulling people away from somebody else, having Jamal Murray as he does drive and dish, getting somebody open for a three or a, or a you know pump fake drive to the bucket and and make a a dunk or a layup whatever mm-hmm. whatever they decide to do i feel like that's where jamal murray gets most of his assists it's not like he's yeah off pick and roll setting, driving kick yeah it's not yeah. like he's setting somebody up right it's yeah it's the difference what nikola jokic does is obviously at a higher level but comparable to what derek walker did top of the key elbow mid post kind of playmaking big Whereas Jamal Murray's distribution is more traditional guard. Off a pick and roll, hit the roll man, get deep penetration, kick it out to open shooters. And that's been another problem for the Nuggets so far this series. Uh, In the win, they shot 8 of 27 from 3 and yet still managed to pull it out thanks to shooting 50% overall from the floor. Uh, Fast forward to game two, they're at 52% overall. Um... 39% 39% from three, which is better I give him credit for. But the guys that are hitting the threes aren't necessarily the ones that, that you'd ex- expect in some cases. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jokic two for five, Murray three for eight, okay. Aaron Gordon not known for his long-range game. He's two for two in game two. The issue to me is my X factor in Michael Porter Jr. He has the worst percentage from three of anyone with uh, 17 threes taken in the first two games of the finals mm-hmm. of all time. Steph had a couple clunkers in the first couple games, but his teams came back to win that. Michael Porter Jr. isn't being asked to do that much, but he goes one of six last night, and even in the win, he goes two for 11. He at least contributed more in the win outside of that with 13 rebounds uh, and a couple blocked shots. But if Michael Porter Jr. is not going to be scoring the basketball, he's got to do more than what he did in game two with only six rebounds, a couple fouls, and a turnover. I mean, he had the worst plus-minus on the team. He was negative 15, so when he's on the court, Miami's taking advantage of... <laughs> Miami's taking advantage of when Michael Porter Jr. is on the court because he plays 26 minutes, is minus 15. Mm-hmm. You look on the bench... Uh, Bruce Brown plays 27 minutes, is plus 14. Jeff Green, 16 minutes, plus 12. Christian Braun, 15 minutes, plus 8. But doesn't take a three. Nope, not a single three from Christian Braun. Um, All the starters were negative. The the best of the starters was Jamal Murray, negative 2, who was 7 of 15. But you you live with Jamal Murray taking that that many shots and and not hitting as many just because he is a volume scorer. He's Mm -hmm. a guy where the more he shoots, the better better usually he's going to get and the, and the hotter he'll get towards the end of the game because he'll start off slow in the first second quarter halftime he'll he'll come back get a little heated up and then that fourth quarter usually is when he starts to take over for for the Denver Nuggets but you it's again weird to say you can't live with Nikola Jokic 20, taking 28 shots that's it's not that it's not sustainable it's not what you want out of your playmaking big uh, for the Denver Nuggets. You're, you're going to want to see him in double-digit assists, lower scoring just because he's able mm-hmm. to set everybody else up, and then take over towards the end of the game when you need him to do something where he's able to get into the paint if you're if you're within a couple of points, get into the paint, score a couple buckets really quick, and, and, and get you get you right back into things. So it's just a... It's going to be a weird situation with Denver where you're going to have to try and force 
the 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 Miami Heat to allow Jokic to pass. I don't even know how you do mm-hmm. that. Like I don't know how you set Nikola Jokic up not to score, but to dish dish the rock for other people. It's it's a lot of movement off ball. It's seeing what Miami did. I mean, Miami was relentless in going over screen sometimes, but sometimes they switched it up. They went underneath just mm-hmm. to mix up the angles. And eventually, as we've seen you know, all season and for most of the last five years, Nikola Jokic figures it out. But if Miami, if the Heat can you know keep stacking wins a possession at a time. That's what it comes down to. Like, you don't just have one strategy. No. You know, just like with any, you know, quarterback in the NFL, with any great hitter, you can't just throw them one pitch. You can't just have one plan. In some cases, if you're, you know, at a physical disadvantage or this guy has this just super smart brain, you just have to keep mixing it up on him. That's your best chance. Not going to say it's going to work all the time, Mm -hmm. but that's your best chance. And there's the next adjustment I want to get to is Kevin Love did not play in game one, got slapped with the dreaded DNPCD, coach's decision. <laughs> game two, they moved the breakout star of the Eastern Conference Finals in Caleb Martin to the bench in place of Kevin Love for more defense. When have you ever said that about Kevin Love? You Never. move him onto the court, into the starting lineup for more defense. Need more defense. Get Kevin Love in there. This isn't Minnesota, Kevin Love. But it worked. It did. Denver... You know, struggle to break 100 points until late in the game. Even the first game, they only score 104 points. So this, to me, is Eric Spolstra being Eric Spolstra. Doing something that feels so incredibly counterintuitive. It feels like Miami needs to keep pace. Mm-hmm. With Denver, they need more offense, more scoring. Kevin Love hasn't shot the ball well this postseason um, you know, Still on continues. aggregate. Two, two for nine, two of six from three. Th- that shouldn't be good enough. No. But to me, Kevin Love's veteran presence... His he plays played a lot of center in his career, yeah. quarterbacking the defense, letting Bam out of bio, you know, take the Jokic matchup, but also be a roamer at mm-hmm. times. That to me is just the stroke of brilliance from Eric Spolstra that seems so counterintuitive, but apparently worked. I think it works more, and maybe I'm again, I didn't get to watch the, this game. Um, I feel like it works also because when you have Kevin Love in. I don't really think you want to put Michael Porter Jr. on Kevin Love. So you move Aaron Gordon mm-hmm. from his matchup with Jimmy Butler, where he's going to be much more, uh, he's going to have the size advantage, he's going to have the strength advantage, um, and you move Aaron Gordon over to Kevin Love, even if he's not shooting as well. If you put Kevin Love in the post, even in his advanced age, he's going to bully Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Michael Porter's just not that he's strong. He's a big guard. He's a big guard. He's, a, he's, he's tall, he's lanky, he's a good shooter. He's not going to be able to hang with Kevin Love in the post. So what you do is you move Aaron Gordon back onto Kevin Love, you put Michael Porter Jr. on Jimmy Butler, and that is a thing that might have hampered Michael Porter Jr. on the offensive end because he's running around nonstop. Jimmy Butler played 40 minutes and the dude never looks tired. So he's running around with with Jimmy Butler, MPJ is, and that's going to hamper him. It's going to you know give him some heavy legs on those jump shots that he loves to take from the mid range, and he's going to start missing short, or he's going to try and put too much on. It. He's going to miss long. So that's another thing that could have gone that way. And then look, the Miami Heat's role players, and by role players I mean Vincent Struess Robinson, non Adebayo Jimmy Butler guys. No, non Adebayo Butler guys, just come to play very random games. They missed out completely in that first game, and, and Miami was was out of it early, as you saw. And in this one, Vincent plays 32, Struess plays 29. They score 23 and 14, respectively. They're plus-minus. Vincent's plus 22, Struess is plus 14. 
you know how I read the Denver Nuggets and their bench was positive, their starters were negative? Mm-hmm. Complete opposite from Miami. All of their starters were positive, with the least the least efficient being Jimmy Butler at plus three. Whereas everyone on their bench is negative, the worst being Highsmith, who only played six minutes, but is minus 17. Oof. So Miami's playing their starters a buku amount of minutes. Uh, Jimmy and, but- and uh, Bam both play 40, and they're getting the most out of them. Even playing 40 minutes, playing those minutes in altitude, being tired, being, you know, their lungs on fire, they're still able to do everything they need to. And I said it before, if you're going to steal a game in Denver, it's got to be game two because you're you're acclimated, you've been up there for a couple more days, mm-hmm. you're ready to go, and, and you're, you're getting ready to head back to Miami down at sea level, and you're going to start taking the fight to them. And that's exactly what Miami did. They they lost game two, or they lost game one, made some adjustments, got a little more acclimated to the altitude, came back ready to fight in, in game two as they normally do. And uh, as they said earlier on, on early break, they're like cockroaches. They just won't die. <laughs> they will never die. How much gas does Miami have left? Half a tank? Quarter I thought, tank? Dude, I thought they were done after game one, after the fight that they were in mm-hmm. against Boston, going to altitude, playing Denver. I was like, after that game one, I was like, I don't... I felt like they were going to get a game. Didn't think they would get it in Denver. I thought they were going to get game three down in Miami, but that Denver was going to adjust, uh, make some adjustments, win the game game four down in Miami, come back to Denver and win game five, and, and that would be that. But, look, you can never count out Eric Spolstra and, and Jimmy Butler's a fighter if there ever was one in the NBA. I don't know, man. It's 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 very impressive what the Miami Heat are doing um, with this strange – very strange roster of players and their ability to win games that they probably shouldn't win and beat teams that they probably shouldn't beat, even though they were the one seed last mm-hmm. year and this is practically the same team. It's not. It's it's a very different team for whatever reason. Again, they are the eight seed coming in and and they just will not give up. And they never with with Spolstra at the helm and with Jimmy Butler as your leader, there's no such thing as quit. I saw this. Uh, we'll wrap up with this before we get to Cluster Johnson on the other side. Uh, Second Spectrum put this out. Uh, I saw it from Kevin O'Connor, though, writes for The Ringer. said, Nikola Jokic made 68 passes in Game 2. Decent amount. Fair enough. Only 13 of them led to a shot. That's essentially one in five passes led to a shot. That's his lowest amount of the entire playoffs. So what that tells me is a couple things. Miami did a better job of covering up back cuts mm-hmm. and movement off the ball, preventing those easy looks. And they probably did a good job of then forcing Denver's shooters off the three-point line, a little further back or even a little out of rhythm mm-hmm. to where they were uncomfortable on the catch, unable to get a shot up. So that's an interesting note on that. All right, we'll step aside here on uh, or during On the Block. We'll talk to Cluster Johnson. He's got something fun to tease uh, coming up here on the ticket. Airwaves, maybe ask him some Husker football-related questions. Maybe some NBA Finals as well. We'll talk with Cluster after this.